Tonight's Game of Thrones recap is sponsored by our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. Are you watching Game of Thrones and tired of the same boring snacks? Well, let me tell you, winter is here and so is the perfect snack, Blue Diamond Almonds. Whether you're going to work, going to King's Landing, bored at work, leaving work, these almonds are the perfect snack. They've got honey roasted almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. Do I have your attention? Why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and pick up some blue diamond almonds right now, whatever the moment. Blue diamond almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue diamond almonds crave victoriously. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the snow it alls are here. Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 4 is over, but we are just getting started live after this wild episode of Game of Thrones. And now, here are the two guys who are going to have to uh, keep their heads on straight tonight. I am Rob Sister here with Stephen Fishback. Oh, my God. Goodness, Stephen! Wow. What? what? When, whenever you do that air, that air trumpet, I just feel like I'm. You know, I, I, it's so good. It's so good that I sometimes I, I mistakenly think that I'm actually watching the yes. show. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, is it? Didn't I just watch Game oh, of Thrones? Like, how is it possible? Wow. Yeah. Okay, Stephen. Stephen Fishback. Okay. How, how are you holding up? Okay. I'm good. You know, I'm all in one piece, which is more than we can say for some of these characters. Wow. Okay. So, uh, big, big, uh, wild episode tonight. Big death at the end. Uh, Missande, we have a lot, a lot of people expected her to not make it out of the Battle of Winterfell. She did, uh, didn't make it through tonight's episode. Uh, Rhaegal also, uh, uh, surprise death tonight. I was annoyed about the Rhaegal death because it did seem like by all rational, you know, reasons he should have died last week. And clearly, like, the only reason he didn't die last week was just so he could die this week, you know, so that he could, like, die via crossbow. It's kind of sad. You know, it's kind of um, sad. And just, you know, hopefully we'll talk about military tactics, which is always our strong suit when we get there. But the the direct assault. You know, you did it, consistently not working out for uh, for Danny and her forces. Just like go in straight up, you know, straight on the front. I will say that dragons are much more maneuverable than boats. They just just go around from behind. Just go around from behind. Oh, you say sneak attack them, or even just like oh, they're firing crossbows. Let's reverse, go around, roast them from behind. Yeah, somehow the boats snuck up on the dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, and, and, all right. Well, we got a lot to get to. Stephen, I, I am I crazy that uh, this was my favorite episode out of the the four so far in the season. Oh wow! I mean, I really liked episode two, and I think that this had the first half of this had a lot of the real virtues of episode two, where you had a lot of those like character moments, and it felt too. Whereas like episode two, there was this real sense of tentativeness. It felt like some of these character moments were paying off. I mean, obviously, you know, throughout um, the plot stuff, I was a little. Uh, 
Well, tell me, I guess it, I guess it was a good combination. Is that, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Right? You I, I felt like that, uh, I felt like this episode really had everything. Uh, yeah. you know, we had a, we had a battle, we had, uh, all of the character moments at Winterfell. And yeah. then, uh, we had, uh, so much of the, you know, scheming and plotting and palace intrigue that I, uh, really enjoy about the show. So, uh, to me, this episode had everything. And I felt like that where that the first two episodes, I felt like going in, we're going to be pretty formulaic in terms of, okay, we're going to set up, we're going to set up, and then last week was going to be all battle. This week, I didn't really know what to expect, and it was kind of one thing for 40 minutes, and then it was uh, a different thing in the second 40 minutes. Yeah, and I guess you're right. It, it was sort of great. It did, it did sort of have it all, like everything that Game of Thrones is, is good for. Uh, you had, had speculated that this would be sort of a plate-setting or table-setting episode for the kind of the, the two final episodes, mm-hmm. and... Um, it was that, it seemed like. It was that, and it was also kind of a table-clearing episode where it, certainly in the first half, you had a lot of characters just sort of you know, saying goodbye, right? We said goodbye to Tormund. We said goodbye to Sam. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they'll pop up again, but they're obviously not going to be... You know, maybe they'll pop up like waving goodbye from their like force halo, like the end of Star Wars, but, uh, you know, yeah. Star Wars. Hey, also, I felt like that uh, a lot of... Points in this episode, I didn't know where it was going, and uh, honestly, at the, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of the episode. I didn't know how uh, it was going to uh, wrap up. Yeah, well, that's the benefit of watching a few minutes later than everybody else because it, everything will be spoiled for you on Twitter as, as it happens. <laughs> Is that what happened to you? Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I was, you know, okay. Uh, but you were tweeting. Yeah, I know. It was my, my, own, my own fault. My own fault. You know, <laughs> live by the tweet, die by the tweet. Um, but I could imagine if I hadn't been spoiled that I would be worried for Tyrion. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, Stephen, uh, let's uh, start at the end. Of course, if you want to get your tweets into the show, uh, at Rob Sister, you know, got uh, Twitter open if you want to send us your comments. Uh, of course, a uh, feedback show coming up on uh, Tuesday this week with Josh Wiggler. Check out everything he's doing for THR. He's at Round Howard on Twitter. Send your questions in GOT at postshowrecaps.com. All right. Stephen, uh, so we ended the episode with Daenerys uh, walking back. Now, uh, is Daenerys going to uh, hop on uh, Drogon and uh, retreat? Or is she getting on Drogon and then going to start her attack? It does seem pretty likely that they're going to do a full frontal slaughter right i mean it seems like they're sort of setting up and you know misandai's last word is dracaris right which is basically burn it all so i mean yeah. it's, it i seems thought drogon like- was gonna hear her <laughs> really did you yeah well yeah. that yeah, apparently drogon uh that it's sort of like your iphone where if if you try to talk to my uh <laughs> internet enabled assistant uh it's not gonna yeah. work right so it's not like just anyone can say drogon you know drogon dracaris and then he'll he'll you know he really has to be danny's voice although sometimes with these internet assistants you can program a couple of voices so maybe drogon you know he's got a couple well they can different. talk in different voices but i think it still goes by your uh you know if, if you try to pick up uh, your friend's iphone i don't know if that works i can do it but you can ask you know like my my wife has pro has, oh is, uh, you know, okay oh yeah that's set up okay yeah, so. boy you guys yeah. are sharing phones that's uh well, like, that's for guys, alexa okay you know uh anyway but um <laughs> so what, what's your take so you you think you think it's going to be because you know we know that we have this army coming from the north it's going to take them a little while to get there as always sansa is very concerned with um stores and everyone's mm-hmm. fatigue basically uh, a resource level yeah but uh daenerys not so concerned with those things 
And uh, then you've got, you know, Daenerys' more, you know, smaller expeditionary force that's, that's right there at the, the gates of King's Landing. What's your take? What's going to happen next? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, Danny is uh, going to buzz, uh, you know, the uh, King's Landing. But I don't know if she's going to have the heart necessarily to, uh, you know, burn the city with, uh, you know, all, you know, thousands and thousands of uh, people inside those walls. But she's wanted to, to be, she's been, she's been pitching the like burn them all plot for like seasons now. I mean, I think a big, right. A lot of, uh, was it season seven or season, season six was her basically saying, well, what if we just burn everyone? And then kind of everyone's talking her out of it. And then mm-hmm. she's like, but what if, what if we set fire to everyone in King's Landing? Mm-hmm. And it really does. I mean, from my perspective, it really seems like that's, that's where she's going. And certainly it seems like her advisors, you know, all of their concern about how she might not be a fit ruler, you know, I feel like that's a new concern for her. Danny's whole thing has been what a great ruler she is. You know, she frees the people. She cares about the people. And this new turn where people are scared of her as a queen is kind of a new development. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, This episode, I think, uh, really, Daenerys stock has really uh, bottomed out here in this episode uh, when we talk about that, uh, you know, wrapping up the series with her on the Iron Throne. Uh, It's getting harder and harder to imagine that. She has fewer and fewer people in her corner where it seems like that the only person that really still believes in her is uh, Tyrion. Yeah, and that was kind of that was such a great scene between Tyrion and Varys, where Tyrion just makes his case. You know, you like you pick your person and you you fight like hell for them. And I thought that was kind of great. It was almost, but it was almost a case for blind loyalty. You know, at the expense of reason. It didn't even seem like Tyrion was necessarily arguing that Danny would be the better uh, ruler between between uh, her herself and John. Um, do you want should we talk about that or, or is there should we? Well, stay, there's so uh, much. There's so much yeah. to talk about with everything. Uh, I thought Tyrion was going to die in this episode. Yeah, you mean? Do you mean by the by? At, at the Cersei end, was uh, I thought Cersei kill. was going to give the order. And, yeah, and I thought she was going to take out take out Tyrion, and Tyrion was going to basically go down with the ship for Daenerys. Yeah, um, that would have kind of been a, a crummy death for Tyrion. I think, like you know, once again, sort of. Varys tried to warn him. Yeah. But, but, you know, for this character who's been this, you know, brilliant strat- strategist for some of the show, a terrible strategist for another, a lot of the show, you know, has been such an instrumental character for so much, just for him to be like, you know, in this like desperate parlay to save the city. I mean, maybe, maybe like one last attempt to rein in Daenerys's worst impulses to save his sister, you know, one last attempt to, um, you know, hedge between all of his competing interests and concerns. May, that would have actually maybe been a kind of cool, cool end, but no. If I can may w- have one nitpick, and, and I, I this was my favorite episode of the season, I did not understand why Cersei and the Greyjoy forces did not fire one of those scorpions at Drogon, who appeared to be a, a sitting dragon, <laughs> yeah. just with, seemingly within range. At the point where they behead Masande, right. why not fire a scorpion off on to Drogon? Why not kill that whole group right there? I mean, obviously it's against the rules of the parlay, but we've never uh, we've never really seen. They killed Cersei. a hostage. Yeah, kill. Why not kill Danny? 
any of those things. Uh, yeah. You know, it did not seem like that there was an insurmountable uh, force of the Unsullied. I mean, that they had a, a respectable showing, but I get the sense that they probably had less than uh, the 2000, uh, or is it 2000 or 20,000 Golden Company? I don't remember. I don't know. Sure. Uh, it's a number with it, too. But yeah. uh, probably 20,000. That sounds more formidable. No elephants, though. Uh, but yeah. I really, I don't know why, after they already killed Rhaegal, why not, why not attack Drogon? Yeah, he's right there. You've got the... Maybe, maybe they put all the crossbows on the ship. Were there any crossbows no, in the they castle? No, were, they were all lined up with those at the, were, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, surrounding, sur- uh, surrounding the, the perimeter. Um. Yeah, wow. It really does seem like a missed opportunity to to uh, end the threat of the dragons for once, to take out Daenerys. Um, again, like really, you know, huge violation of, of protocol, but but Cersei's whole story arc has been nothing. She not- does not respect the norms, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. She did blow up the uh, the church and everyone in it. So uh, that's. I feel like once you've done that... That's, that's as bad as it gets. She plays by her own rules. I, and you know, the the other thing that I thought was going to happen at the end of the episode, when Tyrion comes up to Cersei and makes her plea, and then he starts talking about your, if not, for, if not for you, do it for your child. And With, then I felt like right. you're on Greyjoy's because they're like, hold on a second. How does, how, do, how does he know about the child? Because the last time you talked to him, that was before... You and I did you know what? So how did he know about the baby? Yeah. A little soapy. Just a little soapy. Just assume, assume that there's ravens uh, going back and forth. Yeah. No, gossip. gossip. Well, I, here. I thought that he, when he was going to start mentioning the baby, I thought then that was when Cersei was going to give the order and it was going right. to be Tyrion Shut putting his foot in his mouth and then she was going to give the order to execute him. But uh, you, you got to wonder, are, are, is Euron Greyjoy and Cersei going to have a conversation where then does Euron want to you know, take his fleet and go home? Does he put two and two together over that? Probably not. It seems, uh, but maybe this is like the beginning of a rift between the two of them. I mean, it happened yeah. on the show. I mean, they, they did a lot in terms of that the previously on was about telling us it was Jamie's baby, then then getting Euron, and then uh, Cersei telling Euron tonight, Euron and Kyburn giving Euron the thumbs up, and then the baby coming up again. That has to be an important uh, yeah. moment. Yeah, the baby is definitely going to be an important plot point, and it certainly seems like it might you know play into some the relationship between Euron, Cersei, and and then Jamie coming down from the north. Right? Is he coming down to to kill her, to save the baby, to you know to defend the baby in some crazy last gasp? Um, one of my favorite things about this episode, and and just generally the character of Cersei, is how delighted she is in her own evilness. You know, she always has that kind of little smile on her face of just like. I am having, I'm, I'm so great. You know, it's, it's like, um, and, and then though, while Tyrion was talking about the baby, she had, you know, it, it felt like there was this like last evocation of her humanity where she got a little bit teary eyed. It felt like something kind of, you know, got past that, that smile and, and really touched the inner part of her. Was there any part of you, Rob, that thought, you know what, maybe she will, maybe she'll, she'll change her ways. Did not think that she was going <laughs> to change her ways. Uh, you know, we've gone, you know, eight, eight seasons uh, with Cersei Lannister. Did yeah. not think that just the mere mention of the baby, especially because she already duped Tyrion with that once before. Yeah. Why is Tyrion such a such a loser? You know, like he's like he's he's just, <laughs> he lost uh, his mojo. 
He really did. I mean, he's like so consistently bad. And this is the same BS he keeps doing. He keeps on falling for this idea that like Cersei can be reasoned with. And then like immediately afterwards, he's like, oh, she got me again. And then like, you know, and, and at the end of last season too, he's like, well, this time she's really with, ah, she got me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really, you got, you got to learn your lesson, buddy. Yeah, uh, he's lost his edge and he uh, is, you know, going along with Danny and it feels like that she's going down uh, the wrong path. Varys had such a big episode tonight. Uh, he had been so quiet through the first three episodes, but he's here in a big way in this episode tonight. And I really got the sense, Stephen, at the end of that conversation that I thought that uh, Varys uh, seems like that he's on board with some sort of assassination plot. Or at least, you know, supporting John through his more, you know, through more devious, you know, devious ends, like rallying support. More devious than assassination? Well, you know, assassination is very direct, right? Like devious in terms of like, you know, more political, political uh, weaving. He's not really like an assassin. I guess, I guess he's like played with that, played that, that card before, right? Uh, He um, tried to have Daenerys killed before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, that. That sometime in these next uh, two episodes, I think that Daenerys uh, gets wise to Varys, and I think that uh, that she executes Varys. Oh, really? So you think Varys? I, I think Varys is going to be one of the survivors. I think he is going to be there at the at the end. You know, Missandei, uh, or sorry, uh, Melisandre uh, prophesies that uh, it was going to be her fate to die in this country, like it's going to be yours, Varys, in season seven. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe he like lives out a long life as a farmer. I mean, you know, that's eventually that's yeah. speculated about. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was also a conversation between Danny and Varys in season seven where she really called him out on his loyalty. Yeah, yeah. and that seems to be and, and Tyrion kind of really questioned questioned his essential. You know, he he's always talked about how he's loyal to the realm, and I thought Tyrion had a great point. Like, what is the realm? You know, like what does that even mean? And like, how does that have to do with any of this? These like little this politickings but then Varys had a great rebuttal to that which is that you know the people in this realm the millions of people are deeply affected by by politics it did feel like a very you know it felt like a very timely argument in terms of you know how much does does politics matter to the individual at a local level mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. and Stephen, I guess uh, let's bring Jon Snow into all this because uh, in, in some ways uh, classic Jon Snow classic stupid dumb Jon Snow where he can't leave well enough alone. Uh, yeah. You know, all of the partying going on in King's Landing, all of the, you know, happiness and merriment, he can't just let it be, where he feels he needs to tell Sansa and Arya about his true lineage. And Daenerys and him, they have a scene together. She begs him, don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah, he doesn't want to be king. He doesn't want the right. He was very happy with her as queen. Like everything works out for John and for Danny if John can just keep his trap shut. Yeah, and I thought that was a really great moment in the beginning of the episode where, uh, like, uh, it was uh, Tormund who was the one that was really putting his foot in his mouth. Where uh, he was like, uh, "Here's the John Snow. What a guy! Yeah, yeah. Ah, the greatest guy! Uh, like, uh, is is he a king? Is, is he a madman? He rode a dragon. Can you believe this guy?" And uh, Daenerys, like, the sort of like the room, sort of like. Uh, went quiet around her. We really focused in on her and got her POV on it. And Varys was the only one that really caught what was going on there. And John is uh, this person who he's loved by uh, the masses. 
Yeah, I also like that they mentioned the He's whole, electable. Like, oh, he came back from the dead. Like, mm-hmm. and he, this guy came back from the dead. Isn't that crazy? Like, because it doesn't seem like it's brought up enough that he came back from the dead. He seems like the kind of guy people would want to go have a beer with. Yeah, and or or uh, you know, resurrect. <laughs> and yeah. Daenerys is looking at this. She's like, "Boy, I don't like this." And yeah. then they have that conversation, and she's like, "Okay, just promise me that you will not say anything about you being the rightful heir to the throne to anybody." It's like, "Well, uh, I'm yeah. Jon Snow. That's kind of my thing. I have to be completely honest with people." And uh, this got them into hot water back in season seven, where they yeah. ended up uh, that Cersei said, "Okay, all you have to do is, uh, you know, I, I think that what did she want? Uh, oh, you'll you'll remain in the north." And uh, he's like, "Oh, I can't. I made a promise to my queen." Uh, and then Cersei's like, "Oh, deal's off. That's it." Uh, yeah. And was like, "You." idiot why can't you just tell one lie yeah um it does feel like john is out of a sort of like different novel you know it's like everyone in this game of thrones is so world weary they're all so like exhausted they're so cynical and bitter by the you know the incredible terrible things that have all happened to them you know so much of this episode was just about like I used to be a different person and now I'm deeply scarred. Mm-hmm. Except John is like, I must, I must not tell a lie. You know, he's like out of some like, like, like swords and sorcery. Well, he's, but, uh, he's Ned Stark. And I, yeah, I, exactly. I wonder that it, is it going to be John's ultimate fate to suffer the same destiny as uh, not his uh, true father, but the man who raised him, Ned Stark? Will he ultimately die for that not being able to just tell this lie? Yeah, I mean, that is sort of where I was going was the idea that, you know, this whole the, the, the whole point of Game of Thrones is just that that is not right. That that that, that story is not a, a realistic story. Like that story is not is not truly what which story before. is not a realistic story. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the idea that like like the, the noble knight like charges off and saves the world and is never threatened, you know, like everyone in this in this war is deeply traumatized. And yes, obviously, dragons and direwolves. Um, the Night King. Come, yeah. Come back. Well, the Night King is a metaphor, um, <laughs> um, and everyone, you know. Uh, but 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 anyway. So I, if if John, to me, like this episode and like him refusing to lie about that was like the purest sign that he is definitely going to die by the end of this series because like that character cannot live through this. It would be too absurd if that character lived through this. Will Daenerys kill Jon Snow? Maybe he dies killing, taking her out. I mean, that was something certainly we've talked about. Uh, her killing him and him never having actually done anything particularly noble uh, would be, I guess he did take out Ramsey Bolton, uh, but but um, not really, right? He didn't even really take out Ramsey Bolton. Um, uh, yeah. It was a, a group effort. Yeah. But really, the Knights of the Vale came and smashed Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> well, I mean that uh, not to you know replay the Battle of the Bastards, but yeah, John John Snow and his forces were defeated. The Knights of the Vale came through, and then uh, one one the giant had a lot to do with uh, you know uh, busting the door open, and then in hand to hand combat, he did uh, best Ramsey. Um, so I do wish. I, I want like some big moment for John, right? Like he, he's got to have like some something, and I you know I certainly didn't need him to take out the ice. That said, the Night King. I thought it was really cool that that Arya did it, but I want him to have something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, that it looks like that he is going to have this claim, and it is something that really is going to potentially uh, be uh, the what is going to drive this uh, wedge between him and Daenerys. 
Yeah, it certainly does look like uh, it's just not something that she's going to be able to get over. He can't keep his his fat trap shut. Well, uh, it, and Aria, yeah, yeah he let the, he Kansas. let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. And he had to tell Sansa and uh, and Arya about it. And uh, Bran was like, "Well, basically, I won't say anything if you won't." And it's your choice. It's your choice. And then, um, which is a weird take from Bran. Isn't Bran's whole thing like it's all destined? It's all like it's all been determined before. Yeah. Why not pick Bran's brain about the you know what's the right move here? Yeah, it does. It feels like Bran is very, you know, he's very like sanguine about about fate and everything until, you know, maybe he could weigh in a little bit. This is an opportunity for him to actually weigh in. Yeah. It's like, what do you, should I tell them or no? Tell yeah. us what. Uh, don't worry about it. Hold on a second. Bran, what do you think? <laughs> My favorite. I mentioned this on our last podcast or uh, two episodes ago, but I just love how like everyone's reaction to Bran because it's always so cryptic. And they're like, like everyone who, who except the person who knows what he's talking about is always like, uh, okay yeah thanks okay good well well po- good pointed yeah um uh i guess uh, since we're talking about bran uh there was the conversation was it was it with uh Tyrion about uh you know uh you know basically talking about how uh you know uh he Tyrion said like i envy you and he said uh, well i spend most of my time in the past steven yeah could this be uh a hint at time traveling, Brand oh Stark, definitely not. Brand the Builder, no, no, no. We're not doing that. I mean, because he's like looking at the past, right? That's what he's doing. He's like spending most of his time like looking at the past. Okay, all right. I, I just think like the level of explanation that would have to like. I mean, maybe that that pays off in the books. Like, I, I'm not going to like deny the possibility of that. But like the the ten minutes of explanation that that would be required, you know, when every second of this show is so precious, I just don't buy it. Okay. All right. well, no one's gonna even know who. Are you? Are you? Are you actually bullish on that, or are you just sort of like positing it as a? As a uh, I'm throwing it out there. I I, nah. I I don't see how we can get there with uh, two episodes left. Yeah, yeah, but would be. We'll see. Maybe it was a prequel uh, series. Okay, so Stephen, next week, do you think that we see the fall of King's Landing? Yeah, I do think so. Do you? Yeah, I think that if I had to chart out how these next two episodes are going to go, I do think that Cersei will be defeated in this next episode. And then I think that the final episode will deal with uh, the ultimate John versus plane. Danny. Yeah, John and Daenerys uh, sorting that out. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That, that next episode is the downfall of Cersei, and then the final episode is really just like figuring out the, the fate of the realm as, uh, moving forward. Yeah. And we'll see. Ultimately, uh, it looks, uh, you know, still pretty summery in uh, King's Landing. Yeah. Is winter going to come to King's Landing? That's a really good question. They did talk about it, that it was winter still in the episode. But uh, I think that we will not see it snow again in the entire series. I mean, it's like when winter in Miami, you know, it's like slightly mm-hmm. colder, you know, it's like the, the high 50s. Right. But last season, you know, there was a snowflake on uh, Jamie's glove. It's like, oh, winter has reached King's Landing. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Unless we have a time jump uh, between episode five and six. Yeah, they can't afford the snowflake effect anymore. You know, that's why they had to send ghosts north. They couldn't couldn't deal with that was such a bummer. Like, that doesn't, doesn't yeah, make let's sense. let's talk through everything from uh, Winterfell in this episode. And uh, we have a, a lot of headlines, uh, a lot of goodbyes. But uh, I think we have to start with Jamie and Sir Brienne of Tarth. Wow. What a cad. I, what a cad. I thought Jamie had turned a new leaf and he's just like breaking women's hearts. 
Yeah, that was really wild. I I, I thought that we were going to get Brienne and Tormund. Uh, really? Maybe, yeah. Tormund right. would have treated her. Tormund wouldn't have done that to her. Yeah. I, I think that maybe uh, Tormund might have lost out with uh, when he uh, wanted to know uh, which which villain was responsible for soiling his pants. Yeah, that's not a great pickup line. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe in the North it works. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I really was surprised that we got Jamie and Brienne. And then it didn't seem like it was a one-night stand, Steve. And it seemed like that it was almost like that we were shipping Jamie and Brienne. And then uh, suddenly I thought that Jamie really did Brienne dirty at the end of the episode. Yeah, it looked like maybe a little romance had uh, sparked. But then when uh, Jamie learns that uh, what, what's what's going on with uh with Daenerys and uh, the the fleet, he he runs down south. But again, like is he run? I, he's running down south to kill her, right? Uh, I don't know if I got that. Uh, what was what was the line that he said? That he said that she is Cersei is is what? I was like not a good person, and I'm not a good person either. I don't remember the exact words because he was like, "I did, I you know, I pushed a boy out of a window for her. I strangled my cousin to death for her. I would have killed every person in River Run for her." Mm-hmm. You know, um, what was the actual line? Uh, um, I, I don't, I don't have the the actual line off yeah. hand. Uh, but but, uh, but the point is, yeah, she's but, but, hateful. But, she's hateful, and so am I. But, but, you know, that could mean I'm going to defend her, but it also could mean, like, I'm going to redeem myself by, like, ending it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, over that she took the, the – she killed the dragon and took Masande. That, that was what got Jamie to go and say, you know what? I've had it with this uh, Cersei. Well, it doesn't make sense that he would go to defend her after she had a victory, right? Like – he he probably sees that she is actually not the you know not in as bad shape as uh, as everyone thought. It wasn't going to be a layup invasion. Where and, and and one thing you can say for Cersei is that she is tactically smarter than the than the Northerners, right? And and this this force of of Danny and John, which you know they're incredibly inhibited by their morals. Um, they do these you know ridiculous like full like just like frontal assaults uh, you know they never the, the idea of like flanking is is completely foreign to them and you're a big flanker you know, i well you know uh it's uh it's not just me you know a lot of other people are into flanking uh, so um i anyway it, it's 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 uh i think that from my my read on that moment was that jamie sees like oh like these people are not going to be able to handle cersei because they're not on her level like they're like the good guys who are like charging in guns blazing or sorry charging in you know expecting a fair fight and she's dirty and and i'm dirty and only a dirty person is going to be dirty enough to take down cersei mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what we get. Uh, We had Braun show up uh, in this episode uh, with the crossbow. And I kind of thought that, like, uh, I really thought that Braun was going to die. I thought, like, okay, well, let's let's wrap up the Braun storyline. And I I thought it was almost comical, the uh, Braun with uh, Tyrion and Jaime. It was fun. But, uh, I, I mean, like, why doesn't, you know, somebody, you know, kill Braun at this point? Yeah, well, certainly, certainly now that like he's like holding them hostage, you know, and he's like he's in Winterfell where it's not like he has a lot of allies there. They right. just be like, hey, can you arrest that guy right there, right there, that guy. Just go, it, go arrest him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's hiding, but it's a little cartoony of like, all right, now I got this offer. Can you beat this offer? Can you like he, he's like, yeah. uh, 
you know. Uh, but I like it. I, I don't mind it. I mean, I get it's I, I fun. That it's silly. It's, it's, it's but fun. Like, but I, like I really, yeah. I just thought like, okay, oh, Brienne is going to walk in and then you know, uh, kill Bron. Like I know he's that. Uh, like, oh, we need you to be an officer. Like, what is he going to do? He's like hiding out until then. Uh, he's not going to get high garden. Yeah, it's hard to hide too with a giant crossbow that you're dragging around. He's got. He's gonna like. There's gonna be some big noble act for Braun, right? Because like, isn't his his story that he secretly is like a good guy? We'll find out. Uh, I, guess so. I, I guess so. I mean, he wasn't a good yeah. guy when he punched Tyrion in the nose, but he didn't break his nose. Mm-hmm. Important distinction. Yes, and he should know. Uh, Stephen, I jumped into the the Braun stuff, but just to go back to Jamie and Brienne, is that it for them? Does Jamie Lannister survive this and then get back to Brienne? I, I'm okay. I, I'm into that story. I think that is what happens. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know how Jamie survives uh, the... I mean, that if you were going to be handicapping who kills Cersei, oh. uh, yeah. I think it's either Jamie or Arya. I think that those are really the two. And I, and I wonder, you know, Arya got the Night King... I don't know if she's going to get to kill both the big bads in the series. Yeah, no, that would be that would be too much. I, I definitely think Jamie kills Cersei, but I don't think it's impossible that I, that he kills her without dying. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know if does he want to does he want to go on living uh, without without Cersei? He's the, got Brienne to go back to. Maybe he can go back to her, and they can have like a nice little uh, you know little moment. Yeah, I do think that because of the Brienne side, I think there's more of a chance of him surviving this uh, than before, but. Yeah, that's I, the thing. They've both been like they've both suffered so much that it. I feel like it almost makes it likelier that they will that they'll make it through. I mean, not that you know suffering is necessarily a metric for survivability in Game, in Game of Thrones, but um, I, I I have high hopes for the two of them. I agree. I, I agree. I think the fact that there was a little romantic moment between those two characters makes it likelier that he will survive and come back to her because it would be like such a dick move from both Jamie and the show to like you know have him just really be a complete cad lover leaver never come back to her i think that would be too much brianne uh she had two guys fighting over her and then uh she ends up with zero yeah one goes north one goes south (laughs) yeah it's tough uh lots of other goodbyes in this episode and we saw the torment scene torment says goodbye to john uh sends ghost on his way i really felt like that ghost got a raw deal I know. Uh, justice for Ghost. I mean, like, I really think that, like, it's totally, you know, he's had s- basically nothing to do this season. We saw him, you know, last episode sort of charging into the fray. Um, then we kind of see him looking like, you know, a little bit beat up like everyone like everyone else does now. Kind of like, like, like he got in a fist fight. Um, really, I feel like that's one of the big misses of this season, you know, in general, of the series in general, is that Ghost is such a cool character and like i really want more from ghost yeah but john's not a stark anymore has no use for a dire wolf that's outrageous i want his dragon no he had one out that's outrageous maybe he'll get ghost back john is very cavalier with his you know with his uh magical animals yeah yeah Uh, so we had that goodbye scene we had a goodbye with uh sam and gilly uh congratulations to uh gilly uh she becomes the ninth uh woman who's currently pregnant on the show is that an actual, a true running total? Or, uh, well, uh, you, you have Cersei, you have Danny, you have Gilly. I don't know if anybody else is uh, with child. Maybe Brienne. I guess. I, I mean, you know, I guess. Yeah. A lot of that going around right now. Right. Um, and, Watch out, and, Arya. 
Yeah, and you, but you know, you're you're bullish that we're going to get more Sam when when the the season closes. <laughs> yes, he's writing yeah. writing. Uh, you know, and then uh, once upon a time in Winterfell, yeah, and, uh, close close the book. Yeah, I think we have to see Sam again. I I don't think this could be a wrap for Sam and Gilly. Right, definitely at least one more one more like goodbye moment at the, in the last episode. Could, probably not next week, and then I think we'll see them back in uh, the uh, final episode of the series. Uh, we had a goodbye with Arya and Gendry. Uh, Gendry had the big moment at the top of the episode where Daenerys uh, made him the Lord of Storms. End. I did yeah. love where you know she's calling him out and then asks him, uh, "Who's the Lord of uh, Storms End?" He's like. I, I have no idea. She's like, does anybody know? Who's like, which is funny. I was feeling like bad for that guy, you know, like, oh, I, because I missed dinner. Like suddenly I had my castle taken from me. Yeah. You know, if I like just shown up for well, that. Dinner, I thought it was like, a funny call. Like, the show I'm, never, never went there other than, uh, you know, Davos and uh, Melisandre, like uh, birthing the smoke monster. Uh, yeah. we, we never, we never got to see Storm's End in uh, Game of Thrones. We have no yeah. idea what's happening there. So I thought that was, does anybody know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Gendry is now the Lord of uh, Storm's End. And so he goes and basically makes this uh, five-oof proposal to Arya. <laughs> and uh, I, I, did, I wrote in my notes before she even said it. That's not me. This yeah. was coming uh, a mile away. Yeah, that was never going to happen, um, and uh, it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, that, not not at all, Arya, and it totally suggested. You know, honestly, the fact that even Gendry asked that was a little bit like insulting. You know, like he should know her better than that by this by now. So, did you see the last episode? I killed the Night King. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be, like, be Mrs. Gendry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Gendry. You weren't even on three of the seasons. Yeah, uh, where were you in like the Night King battle? Where was he? You know, I, I don't remember him being on any of his heroics. Right, get out of here, Gendry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the Hound also had a uh, nice episode. Uh, he has a, a nice scene with uh, each of the Stark sisters. Yeah, uh, great scene with Sansa where he says, "You know, if you had left here with me, you know, none of this would have happened." Yeah. Uh, she's like, "Well, if it wasn't for you know everything that I went through, I'd st- I'd still be that uh, that little bird." That's a that's really dark. That's a dark uh, perspective. Yes, uh, but uh, that I, I kind of feel like that you know all of the suffering that all these characters I, went through. Who they are. I feel like it, you know at least it has some. It gives it some meaning. Right, right, and now because now she is like you know up to the challenges that she's facing, which is largely managing stores. Right, uh, you know that uh, I think that some people have accused the show of having you know more of a uh, nihilistic worldview of that you know these characters are just uh, suffering uh, for our enjoyment, but at least that uh, Sansa recognizes that. Well, yes, I suffered, but you know I look at look at how much I've grown. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and then, and then you have the Hound with Arya leaving the castle together, both on their way to Winterfell to finish unfinished business. Now we know what the Hound's is, right? The Hound is going to kill his brother. Uh, in the one the, thing that might make him happy, yeah, is to kill uh, or re-kill his uh, brother. Was was uh, Gregor ever officially dead? He was poisoned. I guess mostly he died dead. Mostly dead. But was ever actually anyway. Um, and well, who's who's Arya going to kill? Well, I think she's going to go to kill Cersei. I think that's the last name that's on her list. Is the is the mountain not on her? No, list too? Be, but but you know she's going to let the Hound have that one. Yeah, but I agree. There's, it's unlikely that Arya kills Cersei. 
Does that mean Cersei's going to kill Arya? Uh, that's certainly a possibility. I know that uh, you have been bullish in the past that Arya is uh, not going to make it, Stephen. Have well, you adjusted I was that? By by Wiggler, I think Wiggler's argument was he gave credit to you. Oh no, I got, I got, I definitely got the idea from him. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, you're, so are are you still on board? Um. Yeah. I. I mean, I think I. Well, it's hard to say because because last episode was such a cop out in terms of killing characters. It kind of changed my perspective. Like maybe Arya not only lives, but you know, gets therapy, finds a happy relationship, and you know, reunites with Nymeria. Um. But overall, other than last week's, you know live in whatever whatever we're calling it you know the fact that they refuse to kill anybody mm-hmm. I, I do think that that true to the spirit of the show aria would should die oh boy because it's uh, terrible because it's the worst possible and then and, and for those who did not hear last week and have not heard josh say this um the idea is that because the only truly like horrible death at this point would be aria's death that like, that's the one that has to happen because it's like, the one we could bear the least I, I think she's going to make it, but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. They would have, uh, you know, I, I, I that would be a, a very bold choice, and I I have to respect bold choices. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, and that's what this this show is about is about bold choices. Yes. All right. And speaking, Gotta make big moves to write this show. Yeah. Speaking of bold choices, uh, Stephen, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor, and those are our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. Because if you're watching Game of Thrones, you must be tired of the same boring snacks. Not me. Uh, because check out what I have here. I've oh, got, wow, you've got them. I've got the Blue Diamond Honey Roasted Flavored Almonds. That's I've a got nice container, too. The, it looks like it's a very snackable container. Very snackable container. I've got the Bold Sriracha Flavored Almonds. And then, of course, the Wasabi and Soy Sauce Flavored Almonds. And why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and uh, pick up Blue Diamond Almonds whether you're going to work Bored at work, uh, leaving work. Almonds are a perfect snack anytime. Stephen, uh, let's uh, just have a the, so let's re- let's reenact this this battle tonight. Uh, so so <laughs> this is if the let's see uh, if the wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds were the uh, Greyjoy fleet. Uh, very uh, another another bold group uh, uh, bold pairing. Uh, the sriracha, I guess, would be Daenerys's uh, dragon. Sure, of and then the, the honey roasted almonds would that be the Lannister forces still in King's Landing? Uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like the golden, the golden Lannisters. Right, you could take you can t- take them out and then uh, eat them as you're planning out your next military move. Uh, yeah. All the flanking that you're doing, whatever the moment, blue diamond almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue diamond almonds crave victoriously. I ate about uh, half this can of the honey roasted almonds. Uh, What's the top? It looks very like. Is it a plastic? It looks like a very easily resealed. Yeah, very. Uh, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Resealable top is crucial for something like that. I, I was just, you know, when you get a bag of chips and you have like, what, oh, open forget it. it, forget what it. Do I, what do, what I do you get? You get a clothespin? Yeah, get out of here. Okay. All right. Uh, Steven, uh, any other thoughts for this episode? I start to bring in some questions. Well, I do want to talk, and maybe we'll do this through the questions about that, that conversation between Tyrion and Varys and like what you think and what we think, you know, what is the correct choice here? Like, is, is it Danny or is it John? However, I also need to get my computer charger because when I was getting like all of my, uh, my, uh, 
health health stuff. I forgot my charger. So uh, I'll give me 30 seconds. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Uh, as uh, we're waiting for Steven to uh, come back, uh, Mr. Robot Taron asks if uh, Steve, if uh, Gendry got friend zoned by Aria. And uh, I have to say that was a resounding yes. I think that uh, he got into the, uh, the Genj, the Gend zone. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, uh, Gendry. Apologize uh, for that one. Uh, Jason uh, on Twitter asks us if uh, no hug for Ghost. And uh, yeah, I really don't know why John didn't at least like pet him. Uh, he really seemed like, was John mad at Ghost for something? He gave him uh, really uh, no no affection whatsoever for uh ghost uh not not cool you know the starks maybe are, are not great direwolf owners uh you know if you, if you don't love your direwolf then you really you shouldn't you shouldn't have one okay steven uh uh not even a pat on the head for ghost sorry say again not oh, even shoot. a pat on the head for ghost uh yeah no nothing and 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 like he was all t- talking about how like sam is his best friend it didn't need to give anything to ghost it's outrageous <laughs> that's right okay all right uh megan z wants to know uh, did you think at any point that danny was going to take out sansa worst sister-in-law ever sansa did not seem happy at any point in this episode uh i i didn't i mean because like you know i think i, I feel like sansa is, is is safe right now right i think sansa's like made it through she's the lady of winterfell i think i think we're she's like pretty secure in that in that position what, what do you do you do you think there's any chance that there will be danger for sansa later in as in that sort of final kind of showdown between all of the various uh you know starks and targaryens well i feel like that the characters that are in Winterfell right now are all fine. There's no imminent danger to them. So I think that Sansa, there's nothing really to worry about. I'm not sure how they're necessarily involved in the politicking moving forward where I, I don't know if then Sansa is going to join up with John and Daenerys maybe after we have Cersei's forces defeated in that final episode and then she could be a witness to everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, there has to be some moment where Sansa is is uh, right, like like because she's she's such a a big force in that right in, in the in in this kind of these two diametric forces that John is is torn are, is torn between. Um, Sansa is the representative of one, right? Danny's representative of of one of the forces, right? Like he's he's in love with Danny, he thinks she should be queen, and Sansa is really more the advocate for John as king uh, than John himself is. So, so I think that Sansa, like as the representative of that, is going to have to play a you know some some role in that kind of like final final negotiation, whatever that 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 big you know end the, the real end moment is. Okay. Uh, Zach Brooks wants to know uh, what stopped Danny from pulling the Dracarys trigger on Euron? Were you surprised that Danny uh, did not torch any of Euron's fleet as she buzzed them? Yeah, I was. I mean, it, it, it seemed like she was surprised by the fleet, uh, although it also seemed like they were supposed to be ambushing the fleet. Um, and again, you I don't know, think they were expecting the fleet at Dragonstone. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I was, uh, I guess, I guess the, the fleet, you know, managed to, to to surprise them and, and again like you know they've never been big on um on doing on doing like checking you know doing research doing uh you know scouting no no they don't do that only only if Bran can warg into ravens and then uh, go see what's going on it's the only time yeah. they get involved with that why doesn't he do that why doesn't eh. he do that for this got other stuff on his mind 
<laughs> um, so, Stephen, if I may make one second nitpick on this episode, oh, no, I, yeah, I, that the uh, kidnapping of Missande, uh, I felt like that 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 seemed like very targeted in terms of that they blew up the fleet every other person from right. the unsullied swam to shore is Missande just she can't swim and she was just like bobbing along and then they ended up <laughs> uh just be, she was easy to capture yeah i guess i guess so or maybe they they i mean they certainly knew who she was that that kind of thing doesn't really bother me because it's you know, it's a TV show, right? It's not. It's not a real uh, fleet uh, mm-hmm. crash, crashing. It's. It's like. Yeah, oh, I think Grey Worm told her get to the skiff, so maybe she was there, like just a sitting duck in the boat. Right, she was in the rescue skiff. It turns out, like uh, you know, he, she shouldn't have gone to the skiff. She should have like jumped overboard, like mm-hmm. Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick, what stops Cersei from pulling the trigger on Tyrion? I've never yeah. been that nervous for that guy in eight seasons of the show. I also kind of think she should have. Is that blasphemy? Yeah. Why no, didn't not- Cersei take out Tyrion? Yeah, it would. It probably would have been the right move. I mean, it, it is such a weird thing. Like, why not? Why not kill him? Maybe because maybe because he she knows that he gives Danny such terrible advice. Yes, that's um, that has yeah. been working for the Lannisters the whole time. Yeah, He's or. A even even if he's not like explicitly a mole, you know, maybe, maybe she realizes that. Like, uh, I mean, to be fair, like Tyrion is probably the best thing that Cersei has going for her right now. In that, in as much as he, as Tyrion is constantly telling Danny not to do a full frontal assault, not to just like roast King's Landing, um, and he's been probably the reason that that Cersei is still in power. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh... Humberto says, uh, can this Cersei baby be exiled? And in 15 years, we see him uh, with a lion as the last scene of the show plotting to take back his throne. Wait, say that again. (laughs) Could Cersei's baby live in exile, similar to Daenerys, uh, and return with a lion to retake the throne? Actually, that, that would be a really cool ending because it certainly would be true to the idea, right, that of Game of Thrones that, like, it's not like there's a a neat a neat ending for war it's not like you know you win a battle and then and then everything is solved although that was the case with the night king yeah but but uh you know at least in terms of the the realms of humanity you know winning the battles just creates more enemies and more vendettas and more and more problems on the line so uh that would be really cool if cersei's you know if that was kind of the end it was was like cersei's child <laughs> being raised in exile that you know by okay. Varys. Uh- in terms of the people that told each other, where we got all these people knowing the secret, uh, like I, I just want to know uh, that who made the worst uh, moves of telling people. So John, unquestionably bad, told Arya and Sansa. Did Sansa get duped by Tyrion when Tyrion talked about like, well, your brother once told me he's not a Stark? No, I don't think she was. Like, She's like, well, by that. funny you should mention that. Yeah, yeah I so, think. I mean, you know what. I John definitely made the right the, the, sorry what made the worst worst decision. Like Sansa is not invested in keeping that secret. In fact, Sansa is invested in having that secret be public. So John, who actually wants the secret to be private, like for him to tell someone who doesn't want that secret to be private is pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. And then was it a big mistake for Tyrion to tell Varys? No, again, like what is you know? I mean, maybe I actually that's interesting because like Tyrion is also invested in that secret being private. But Tyrion, Tyrion's a plotter. He, he likes to talk through things, right? He's he he's like a you know he's one of these like post show you know quarterbacks who like likes to analyze everything, <laughs> but isn't really that necessarily great at like implementing mm. things himself. Yeah, I don't know anybody like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Stephen, a- anything else that you want to say from tonight? 
Yeah, I mean, what do you think of that Varys Tyrion conversation? Like, do you think it's so clear? Like, who do you think is that would be the better king? Because from my perspective, they're both terrible. I mean, Dan, yes. Danny was a great queen, it but for different like- reasons. Uh, yeah. That John is terrible. He doesn't really want the job. I mean, do you want to have like the reluctant ruler or the overzealous ruler? I I mean, theoretically, the idea is you want the person who doesn't want to rule, right? Because they're not going to be like crazy about their power. But I mean, Danny has been, I mean, she's been a pretty good ruler, right? I mean, maybe she hasn't been the most effective ruler with Marine. She didn't do a great job, hmm. uh, you know, of, of quelling dissent there. But she, her heart was in the right place. Yeah, she's a wartime ruler. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that she doesn't really get bogged down with the details. And I think that in terms of ruling, I do think the, the devil is in the details. Yeah. Um, Sansa that's what, should that's be a, on the Iron Throne. Oh, well, that's the thing. Sansa's the only person who cares about the grain stores. Uh, Sansa mm-hmm. should be on the Iron Throne. That would be a, that would be a pretty good ending, Sansa as, as queen. Yes, I don't know how we get there with Sansa as queen. I guess that it would have to be if if you wanted to fit, like does uh, John because yeah, it well it gets screwed up because of if anybody yeah. knows John's like John would have to be installed not as Aegon Targaryen as sort yeah. of uh, the person who is the conquering hero of King's Landing, then put onto the throne and then uh, having uh, then then being taken out and then I guess Sansa would be the, his next heir. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's a pretty unlikely scenario. And also, Daenerys with. Uh, I mean, it has not been confirmed that Daenerys and John have a, are having a baby. I, I'm presuming. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, as a big presumption. Yeah, uh, you don't think that the, you don't think that Daenerys is pregnant. Um, I don't know. It's. I don't. I don't. Uh... Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I've, ne- I've never been more sure of something in my life. Oh my god! Really? Put the knowing is no. The knowing is snow at all on the line <laughs> for that one. Oh wow! Um, okay, okay, I'm, I'm willing right. to do that. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, hashtag Danny is pregnant. Hashtag Danny is not pregnant. Yeah, I like it. That's pretty okay. good. All right. Stephen Fishback, thanks uh, again for staying up late. And I know that some people in the chat are asking, hey, what's with Stephen? Does he have like a quiver of arrows going on there? (laughs) Uh, Stephen had shoulder surgery last week. Yeah. So I am still recuperating. um, And, uh, uh, but, you know, and that's, that's it. That's all there is to say about it. Okay. All right. Steven, feel better. Everybody, thank you for joining us here live. Get your questions in for our Game of Thrones feedback show uh, when Josh and I are going to break down everything from this very exciting episode. Uh, A lot happened and a lot is set into motion for next week. We'll be live again. You can send your questions in GOT at postshowrecaps.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Tonight's Game of Thrones recap is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories, like that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, that luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer long. While you can't put a price tag on your stories now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell it or trade it in. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up then. Answer a few questions, navigation and moonroof. Watch as they bump up your car's value, high mileage, 
mileage. You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can plan ahead. And once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or to trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas.